All right, folks, welcome to episode 66 of Biomast, a.k.a. the Order 66 issue. Uh, so that's this is the this is the part where at some point in the show we're all going to turn on one of our own and shoot him in the back with a blaster. That's, that's what it's going to be here. me. It's going to be me. <laughs> yeah, probably. So uh, uh, without further ado, what we're going to do is uh, I'll lay out the agenda for you real quick. It's uh, it's going to be a little bit more crisper show tonight than we normally do. We we as often we will ramble in a lot of different directions, but we do have a, a little bit of an agenda tonight. So. Uh, uh, on that note, what we're going to do is touch a little bit on our uh, CPM elections or the Council of Planetary Management elections being ran by CCP Shanghai uh, for the Dust 514 game, uh, and then it, which is actually some pretty interesting news in terms of the vote counts and stuff like that. And any kind of saved rounds on the community elections for our community reps, aka the CPM. Uh, from that, we'll go into a little bit of uh, Dust 514 news. A uh, lot of a lot of kind of grumbling about some of the the uh, the server issues that have been going on over the last week or so, or, or eh, really more, more more like week and a half, I guess. Uh, talk a little bit about that and some of the goings on in PC, uh, Planetary Conquest. So from that, what we're going to do is, and as this is kind of as we often do uh, here on Biomass, we branch out of out of the CCP game world into some other things. Uh, it's a little bit of a sn slow news week, and you know this is about time where we bring in a couple of reviews and previews of different things we're seeing around the gaming world, and we'll uh, sort of that'll be kind of the back half of the show. So uh, if you're here for your CCP fix, we've got you on the front side, and on the back side, we'll be talking about several things, including, a, believe it or not, a couple of CCP properties. But there's some other things out there that we we thought uh, here on the show that we really wanted to kind of kick around with the audience a little bit, and we've got a pretty a pretty nice uh, group of folks in here outside of some of our regulars. We've got a few people we haven't had on in a little while. So it's a it's a nice little uh, nice little corral of folks. So without further ado, what we're going to do is hit off with our intros, and we're going to start with beginning of the list, Pokey Draven. Hi, guys. I'm Pokey Draven from OSG Planetary Operations, uh, co-host here on Biomass, and I'm running for CPM2. And I'm having really bad allergies today, so if I sound weird, I do apologize. <laughs> okay. All right, man. Uh, let's see. Godin. Hello, I'm Godin, member of Negative Feedback Corp, and your fish lord, Glove. Okay. Uh, you're coming in a little bit quiet there, man. You might want to speak into the mic a little bit. Um, Roger. Okay, yeah, that's better. Heracles? Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Heracles Porsche. I'm a YouTuber, Altolic, and member of Random Guns. Alrighty. Uh, let's see. Bait. Hey everybody, I'm Awobate. I'm a director at the Demonic Cowboys, writer for the Biomass blog. Um, just just to interrupt, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna issue a small correction to your introduction. Okay. Um, so you're you're no longer just a writer for the Biomass blog as of uh, now, actually. What? Congratulations. What? We are we are we're making you an editor. Witnesses. Top success. Witness. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Okay, now he now sounds you, really excited to have now, that. Now you really do actually have to spray your face with like silver spray paint and send us a selfie. That's how we do. You don't know that. That's how we jump people in the gang. Done. It's, it's a promotion requirement. Yeah. All right. We'll <laughs> and, and, and by the way, we aren't joking, really, uh, because of the work that that Bait has been doing on the Biomass.com website, uh, particularly in terms of his editing and his uh, content that he's been delivering for the not only the uh, the website and the blog itself, but here on the show, uh, we are we are elevating him. We are making him as an, an ascended partner, if you will. 
in terms of the ability to deliver content and edit other people's content, uh, primarily because he's been a great asset to both the show and the blog. Yeah, we appreciate it, man. You've been you've been awesome, especially uh, recently. It's been really great having you along. So uh, you earned it. So thank you. The pleasure is all mine. Thank you all. Yep. All right. So middle of the list, Ryzel. Yeah, I'm Sarizel. Um, I'm a co-host here on the show, an editor on the blog, soon to be a former CPM. Um, good times. <laughs> All, right. All right. And uh, the last member of our kind of roundtable tonight is Sir Manboy. Yep. Hey, everybody. Uh, Sir Manboy here, director over at Molan Labe, member of CPM1, running for CPM2. And like Zell, I may no longer be on the council soon, so we'll see. <laughs> but uh, it's good to be here. Thanks, Jay. Yeah, no problem, brother. Okay, so one of the things we'll, we're going to just hop right into it and a little bit of uh, the CPM election update. Uh, and really what that comes down to is it looks like uh, the the vote count right now is somewhere right around or, or just above the 4,000 mark. And so what that means is when you say vote count, we're referring to unique PlayStation network identities like PSNs, PSN accounts. So roughly, um, I think that's about four times what we had in the in the original council planetary management election now again this is we're just talking about accounts right now so i fully acknowledge that we have some folks out there that may have 20 alt accounts uh, and but you probably also have a whole lot of people that have like one like me like i only have like one psn so um it, it probably evens out a little bit, I think, but suffice to say, you have a lot more votes in this go round than you did in the last one. And we've talked about that a little bit last week. So all in all, I think it's probably, probably a good thing. Uh, and I'd like to kind of open it up real quick. If anybody else had any uh, sort of last minute jabs they want to throw for people that are uh, in the running, uh, or if anybody had any, like, you know, I really hope this one or two guys or, or gals gets on the list, you know, feel free to hop in. Pokey better win because he's supposed to push my agenda. That is all. Cross also needs to be there to push agendas. Yes. Of course, of course. He is standard. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Cross. Uh, I'm definitely pulling for him, and I, I think his chances are quite good. And I think Pokey's chances are great, too, and I think he's a great candidate as well. So I'm hoping both of those guys make it on. Yeah, it's you know I've I've kind of stayed out of out of the the commentary too much on uh, on this year's CPM election. Now last year I was very active in it in terms of interviewing candidates uh, outside of like podcasting and such like that. Uh, much more, <clears throat> excuse me, on the forums and things like that. Reference reference this and doing a lot of in game work uh, for you know kind of the community elections and. I, I have very much stayed away from a lot of that this year. Some of it was due to time, and the, and, uh, and the rest of it was also, I think, uh, I just really wanted to kind of see how the election was playing out generally. Uh, and before I started making my own sort of, op, you know, personal observations uh, public. So a couple of things I did want to lay out is uh, obviously Cross and Pokey, like Cross the two and Pokey Draven are both uh, very, very good friends of mine. Uh, we were also in the same court. Um, I do, without any reservation, uh, recommend them on to be on your ballot for the uh, Council of Planetary Management. Uh, one, Cross, I think is one of the, clearly one of the more active public, public members along with uh, some of the folks we have on the show here tonight, uh, for that matter. Uh, but in Pokey in particular, uh, I think probably would have done CPM1 a lot of good 
and I think he will do CPM2 a lot of good if he's elected. And whether he's elected or not, one of the things that stood out is uh, his ability to contribute to the community and gain the, the respect of the developers through his feedback and his very you know, lucent feedback that he gives uh, and he backs it up with a lot of spreadsheet porn and all that kind of good stuff. So th- those two guys are, are hands down my kind of my top picks. Um, one, I know them personally and, and I know the kind of work that, that they would do and I know how much they want to help out the community. I would be remiss if I didn't say my boy, Sir Man Boy, see what I did there. Uh, <laughs> if, if SMB, uh, I think he is clearly worthy of a second term and is pretty high on my ballot, uh, primarily because of the work he's done for championing, championing, championing a lot of sort of the you know the middle ground folks like the the bell curve player uh, in terms of you know, larger larger organizations or more casual players, and a lot of the support play, frankly, that often kind of gets overlooked in first person shooter games. So um, SMB, Pokey, and Cross are, are obviously at the top of my list. Um, I would also offer that Zarya uh, Mindir, who's been on the show quite a few times, she's very high on my list as well. And by the way, just for the record, I'm not exactly giving you guys my one through seven here. It's just um, between Cross, Pokey, SMB, and Zarya. Those were kind of the the top folks that I was I was interested in, mostly because I like the type of feedback that they give to CCP. Uh, in terms of being straight shooters, and they don't always, and I certainly don't always agree with with them on many things. But I like the way they communicate. They're also the more approachable people in terms of their ability to communicate with with the crowd or the mob, if you will, and the developers, and vice versa. Uh, because there's a lot of people that are actually running. I think it's 40 plus candidates this year. That there's quite a few of them that are actually quite good uh, at providing feedback, but they can also be pretty sticky to deal with, at least in terms of, you know, their interneting, you know, or, or trying to deal with them. So uh, I, I kind of wanted to single out kind of my top four and then the bottom, bottom three, so to speak, really, you know, the other three votes, I still have a few people undecided on uh, in terms of who I want in, but uh, there are, there is absolutely no lack of people uh, that would be good candidates for the CPM. And I did, did want to throw that out there and, and kind of publicly publicly let the let everybody know that I'm, I'm definitely standing in the uh, the pokey cross Zarya and SMB sort of camp um, and and I'm really having a hard time figuring out the other three and I would also offer that because of the quality of candidates that we have it's really hard to figure out an actual one through seven list uh, because it'll really come down to your style of play and who you think you can communicate with uh, that I think really comes down to it uh, last thing, you know, before I kind of shut up on this, I would be remiss if I did not uh, lay out that because of the STV, the single transfer transferable vote system, you really, you really are going to be forced to prioritize your candidates, uh, you personally as a community member. So if you want your vote to count, or you, or you want the highest opportunity for your vote to count, put the person that you want or you think will do the best job at number one on the list, and then work your way down. Uh, and I, I think a lot of people didn't quite understand that last year. So that may have skewed some things in the STV system. Uh, and also because of the vote count was a little bit lower last year, it'll definitely, I think we're definitely going to see a much truer reflection of a community vote this year. So that, that's kind of my, my pitch out there for the, uh, for the CPM election. And let's see, Zell, Pokey, do you guys have anything on this? 
Um, I honestly, I would say that my my list is actually pretty similar to yours. I think your your top four are the same as my top four. My bottom three were a little more mixed up. Um, I haven't decided if I actually want to to post that up or not. But yeah, I mean, it's. I, I think that you know we got some really solid candidates. It is difficult to pick all seven, but you know, like I said, the like myself, obviously, uh, Cross is solid. He's by in my mind, the paradigm of what a CPM should be. I think he was by far the strongest candidate in CPM one. Um, you know, uh, Zarya has got amazing uh, feedback in terms of the game. She's got a really nice level head. Um, I've only known her for, for a few months. I've heard of her before then, but I've only been talking to her a few months, but I've been shocked by uh, the level of her insight and her ability to grasp the big picture and and actually give feedback that I, I truly feel is is unbiased, you know, despite her her role as a as a CEO, I think she can actually give really solid feedback that isn't uh, with in, intention to swing things a certain way because it would it would benefit her. So she's she's certainly a solid choice. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's a lot of great people out there, and and I it, it's tough to pick all seven. I I had like nine people, and I I couldn't pick all of them unfortunately, but. You know, hopefully we get we, we get a lot of those on there because I think they'll do a great job. Great. Yep. Um, and uh, mine, uh, I, I went over it, uh, I believe, previous week. And uh, so I'll just say that if people need to review uh, my choices, I wrote an editorial on uh, my choices and why I chose them. And uh, that can be found at uh, biomass.net. Yeah, you, you actually have a very good article there, Zell. And, and one, one of the reasons I kind of wanted to stay away from this year is I, was, I had made more... Uh, like I said, I was I was a lot more involved in it earlier. But you know, for example, there are some people that I I I, I don't think would be good CPM members uh, for a variety of reasons. The easy ones are basically folks that that don't really contribute and they're trolling or whatever. And, and those you those are almost like skimming off the top. The ones that are that are tougher that you have to think through are folks that that have the potential to, to give very good technical feedback, but have a really, really difficult time engaging anybody in the community for any length of time. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I don't care. I'll be blatant. I, I think uh, Aeon would be a very scary choice for a CP. Um, he's, he's got his fans. I actually had him on my ballot uh, last year, um, but I just I, I don't know how much I think CCP would tolerate him. I don't, I don't think it would be productive. Well, I, I don't know how much he would tolerate CCP. Well, that's that goes yeah. hand in hand. But the difference is, is that you can't you can't get rid of CCP. You can get rid of CPM. <laughs> and that's, so. Yeah, that's true. I, and you know, in a in a similar vein, uh, I w- I struggle with breaking stuff. Who is a very well known forum member? He is. He can provide like and. And he and I, I have very good exchanges, by the way. Uh, and I actually respect yeah. a lot of what he does, but because he it, it, he can be very very difficult to to engage and speak to if you're a community person, um, or if you're like random dude on the forum, like he he can be very very sticky to deal with. I think he would be fine actually with CCP. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what I, I got from it. Is I I know I think he can deal with CCP well. Um, he does have that. Um, let's be honest he's a goon and he acts like one um much of the time but uh yeah i mean it's 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 mixed i put him on my list i think he can i think he can do it um and i i think it's the the benefits outweigh the costs uh in his case um but yeah no i totally understand the feeling there 
Yeah. Now, I, and like I said, I, I like a lot of, I like some of the stuff he does. And, you, you know, if you have a rapport with him, you can engage him. Uh, he is very tough to like, if you, if he comes up with something, whether you think it's right or wrong, he's very hard to, to sway. Uh, and, and like you said, sometimes it gets a bit trollish. Um, I just, I'm just a little concerned with that kind of stuff in terms of the ability for somebody to like, Hey, I don't know who this dude is, but he's supposed to be a community rep and you engage him. And then he gets, you know, like, face smashed by you know and he's like well who the fuck is this guy you know yeah i mean i've, I've worked with breaking on a lot of things and he's is extremely rough but he he did actually make somewhere in the middle of my list because uh when it comes to actually breaking down data and actually you know analyzing feedback he he's really kick-ass at it i mean he's difficult to work with because he gets very trolly um so i, I totally understand your your concern there but at the same time i think he'd also be uh, invaluable in terms of actually, you know, uh, dealing with with feedback and actually getting it to to make sense and, and kind of grasping the larger picture. So I, I definitely vote for him. I I endorse him as well. But yeah, you you kind of have to know how to talk to him, and, and that can be problematic and for a member of the community specifically. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there are some really really good good folks out there. Darth Carbonite is another another one. I don't know him, but he comes very, very highly recommended by he a lot of people. He, he comes from my alliance and or my, my well, alliance back I mean, in the day. And he's, we're trying, he's we're, we're trying to give him a solid. We're not trying to kill him, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's yeah. fair. He he's uh he's incredible though. It's it's really like it, I wish I could have dragged him here on the show more often. Um you know, we got him last week, but it's it's he's he's great and he just does he's not as big on the forums as he is, you know um, he's in game all the time. If you go online, I have I'm not I'm not on game right now, but I, I would almost guarantee you that he's on. <laughs> I would as someone who, you know, plays with him fairly often, I have to say he's he is very level headed and pleasant to play with and yeah, he he definitely deserves a nod. He once challenged me to a duel. It was amusing and I won, so he paid me. So he got my vote. He's an honorable person. Yeah. Well, I mean that's I mean you can't you can't beat that. Um, you've got other guys on there, Kevin Longstride, who's Art um, slash Denny Fleetfoot or whatever the fuck he's calling himself today. Um, I, I I am unabashedly not a fan of his. Uh, therefore, he will not make it on my vote. I know I know he's I I just want to I just want to say that as much as I know he's you're that he's not like you're not a fan. Um, I want to say though that if if people understood the heroic effort that he put in at FanFest this year at uh particularly uh becoming very friendly with uh with uh Hilmar the head of CCP and reminding him at least every 5 minutes that uh Dust is really cool and could use some more support from, you know, the company. It, yeah, it's whatever. it's heroic effort. Um but, you know, you also get he's a fanboy, so you know, the <laughs> you get a little of both. No, well, I, I, my, my answer to that is, I think other people than just him should been should then be making that effort. And I would also point out that uh, it's a, it's a bit of a shame that you even have to prostitute yourself like that to pimp out a game to the the CEO of the company that makes the game. Well, yes, but that's the world we live in. It seems. No, that's true. I mean, there there are, and moving on though, there's quite a few other folks on there. You guys mentioned Aeon. I, I think sorry. Aeon Amadi. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I I still haven't had the chance. He's the guy who did the cosplay, right? Yeah, he is. Yeah, yes. I, I still need to see that. You guys need to make sure I see that. He's. Some people are are made for tight clothes, and some aren't. And I'll just leave it at that. Um, yeah. I, like uh, you guys mentioned, A. I think uh, Zell, you mentioned Aeon earlier. I think 
I think Aeon is he, technically he he can hit all the right notes in terms of like game design, game balance. Uh, it, it does great stuff for the community, or he can. But on any given day, you're not really sure if he's taking his meds, and he'll like turn into a, a hand grenade at any moment. That's that's a great way to put it. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, and on that note, I'm, I'm just flipping through the the long ass list of people. I think Zarya might be the best person on the list in terms of high end gameplay, like you know, like high end competitive gameplay that we have in Planetary Conquest, stuff like that. She would bring a lot to the table for any number of different things that would, I think, help the help the community out quite a bit. I mean, that's why she's one of my my top folks that I'm looking at. Uh, and, and plus, she, she actually is approachable. You can actually talk to her and have a an intelligent discussion. And if you and if and if you're being stupid, she'll tell you you're stupid. But if you just don't know and you're, you're ignorant, and ignorant, ignorant is not the same as stupid. Like there's some component that you're not seeing or you don't know about. She'll at least take the time to explain to you what that is without you know, basically going ah you know noob dirt bag and then you know just trolling you on the forum. So I, I have to give her a lot of, uh, a lot of props for that. The, the other person I would tell you that I think is, um, well, you know, probably outside of my kind of my top four, the one that I would, I think is most, uh, most ready to, to truly like work with the devs, work with the communities, probably Arkina, uh, Arkina Wear Inspire. He, he is an excellent community member is very well known, has a very good rep does a lot of high-end gameplay. Uh, and he's also very articulate, too. He can actually communicate in written form, which is unusual for most people. Arkina gets bonus points for coming on my YouTube. Yeah, no, I'll buy that. I, I think he, he's he's solid on that, man. I mean, and I'm sitting here flipping, like I said, I'm sitting here flipping through there, and there's just a lot of actually pretty solid dudes on here. Ripley Riley's another guy that's a, you know, that that I think would be very, very good in terms of, uh, you know, kind of being a, a community rep. Uh, shoot. Caro Carasini. I always destroy his name, by the way. He's Finnish, and I, I can't say his name worth a shit. He is an outstanding poster and, and lays out a lot of very deep, you know, background in terms of game balance, game design, and how things could work. Uh, and he's often fairly spot on. Uh, there's just a ton of good people. Moselli Adult, I think, would not be bad. I mean, he's he he was a I thought he was a good dude. And had a good chance last year to make it on. So there's there's plenty of folks out there. So whoever's on the the council this year, I think, is probably going to end up being um, it, it'll probably be a net positive for uh, for the game. And I would also say we're probably going to have less of a chance of a uh, you know douchebag incident like we had with uh, Judge Radamantis last year. Ooh, I knew that was coming. Just felt it. Mm, it is what it is. All right. Um, real quick. Uh, any saved rounds on CPM elections from anybody? I've set my piece. Alrighty. Uh, let's see. Let's go ahead and move on to a couple in-game things since we've talked space politics enough and, and we're pretty much burned out on this after the last month or so. Um, and yes, Zell, SMB, I, I acknowledge that you're burned out on them because you've been the CP, the space politicians for the last year. Had to, had to throw you a shot on that one. Uh, 
but here in in the actual in-game world uh, in New Eden uh, for Dust 514, what you've got is uh, a couple different threads of things going on. Uh, so item number one, I'll kind of open up for discussion to the group, is it, it, there seems to be, at least subjectively on the forums and the few people you talk to and out-of-game means Skype or whatever, uh, it is much, much more difficult to get into a match lately, uh, which is starting to kind of really aggravate the shit out of people. And I was kind of, and I know that there were some issues with PC, which really generates some problems, if I'm not mistaken, because that means your command points are kind of, kind of going into thin air and all that other kind of good stuff. So I just kind of opened that up for general discussion. I mean, I know my personal uh, experience this week is I've been unable to get into a match. I, I tried for a couple times and really, I just don't have the patience to wait that long. So I moved on to other stuff. So I will open it up to the, to the, posse here and you guys tell me what, what have been your personal experiences on uh in game in game play or trying to get into a match for the last week or so um for the last week i've literally only gotten in one match so yeah it's been pretty rough i played four matches today and i was on for three hours yeah it hasn't been quite that bad for me but it'll take usually two to three times to actually get into a match where it'll say deploying it'll kind of sit there and then just drop back to the the merc quarters and i'll have to do that a couple times before it'll actually trigger a, a match it's very annoying it kind of reminds me of a close data honestly yeah i, I tried um, to get a squad in uh this evening and i think we got rejected uh probably in eight straight deployments so this evening's been really bad but throughout the week i've had plenty of deployments drop um but tonight was the worst and there's been a lot of lag lately too so there's there's that issue as well i just realized something although it never really clicked in my head you know how it will go through it'll say looking for deployment and it'll drop this actually used to happen but it would just be like one time in a playthrough in like a week and then you might see it later on like two three weeks later one time i just noticed that yeah, I'll just well, throw yeah. in that today was particularly bad. I mean, I have noticed games dropping for a while, but it, it never really got to me before because I was just like, well, every once in a while I'll match fizzles, so I'll just requeue, and it was no big deal. But today it was pretty bad. I would have chains of, you know, games fizzling on me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I've got to ask the uh, our resident CPM guys, uh, SMB and Zell, like, has this been a topic of recent discussion with CCP? Like, is something you guys are bringing up to them or at least mentioning to them. Well, I bitch about lag all the time, man. It never stops. So yeah, they definitely hear it from me. Um, I mean, we do, we, it, it has been quieter. Um, you know, uh, frame is in Iceland or no frame is back from Iceland. Um, why not, why aren't we hearing from frame right now? Um, but, uh, we've, we've been dealing with, uh, uh Lilo a lot because of the election stuff. Ratati is in Iceland. I think he's on vacation. Frame with the Serbia Zell. That's why. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. So they're they're all on vacation, so they have, you know everything falls apart. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Ritati's like attending like a a wedding and a baptism or something. You know, he posted it on the forums because people were being neurotic. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's actually been really quiet for us. Um, we haven't we haven't really gotten a lot of, of talk. I can maybe see if uh, we get some of the GMs nudged. Um. Because it's more, it's more of a, it's more of a, like a live ops type of issue. That is, that is the longest issue. way I've ever heard anybody saying. No, I haven't actually mentioned it to anybody, but I'll write that down and get right on that shit. Yeah, it's the. Uh, 
But you know, when I, I'm when I give you a short answer, you guys make fun of me. So I give give you the extended answer, and you're just like, yeah. Well, okay, that, that's fair. That's fair. We, like seriously, like two weeks ago, you were bugging me about how short my answer was. So I try, I tried to string a little in there. That's fair. Okay, I I can't uh, I can't I can't really argue with you on that one. But I I do think that is something that I that's probably legitimately the only consistent thing I've seen coming out of uh, the online community for the last eh, you know like a week and a half ish. It started about two weeks ago, and it looks like it's kind of building at least in terms of folks' subjective. Uh, experience in the game is not so much lag that's kind of always there but it's literally just the ability to get into a match um so i don't i don't know what's going on with that i mean actually um i have a recording from june 25th and there i guess that would have been right before warlords 1.2 and yeah i think there was a match that was going to happen between negative feedback and random guns and it just fizzled so i think it might have been around a little longer than that but it's definitely been prominent very recently. It's been around for a long time since really, I think the first time it happened to me was when we got into open beta. Yeah, because even before Uprising, or not Uprising, before, um, shit, this expansion, um, Warlords. Warlords, thank you. Um, people in my corporation were getting it. Like, we got one guy in particular that it happens to all the time. Um, and I don't know if maybe that's, that's his issue or if it's, cause it doesn't happen to the rest of us. Um, not as often as it does him, but, um, yeah, it, it's been there at least for, for me, um, before, even before, way before, uh, warlords. Well, and we're, um, we're only talking about times people got CCP'd on. We're not even, we're uh, not even re- referring see, to... We're not even referring to well, maybe that's included, but I mean, we're not even referring to Scotty. If we lump Scotty in with no, 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 the no, fizzle no, game, Scotty, then no, no. then, oh, no, then, it, then it's a whole new level. No, yeah. this isn't. This isn't. Oh God, guys, cancel! I got Scotty. This is shit, guys, cancel! Uh, I'm not waiting for deployment, or I was waiting for deployment, and it just it it fizzled out for me personally. Or um, everyone fizzles, or everybody, or fizzles, everyone yeah. fizzles, which is uh, from what I understand has been happening recently. I've been out. So I haven't had much time to play, but when I got on today, I queued with a, a couple of guys from the corporation, and uh, it happened to us for over and over and over and over and over again. Yeah, I was solo queuing multiple times and getting multiple fizzles. And it's more than just on pubs, too. Pubs and PCs, it's factionals, too. It, it's been happening yeah. uh, there as well. It, it's uncalled for. Yeah, no, I, I like I said, I, I don't know what's happening on the back end or whatever. I mean, normally I would have said something like, well, is it because we don't have enough people trying to, to start matches and that's what the issue is? But I I don't get the feeling that that's the issue. Uh, and, and probably you guys in the, on the council know better than us. Uh, and, and in all honesty, you probably can't even tell us what the numbers are, like the behind the scenes or behind the curtains numbers. But I, I just don't get the feeling it's a there's just not enough people trying to play business. Although I would, I would offer this just as a, I I think kind of the obvious warning is the longer you go with people struggling to get into matches, there are way too many other games that they will, you know, just start playing instead and then eventually come back to dust uh, perhaps. Uh, So that's, you know, that's always the danger of these kind of things when you're an online dependent game. So I did have a question for Heracles real quick. Um, you had some goings on in the planetary conquest realm. Uh, so 
do you mind give us a quick recap of some of the things your corp's been doing? I, I, I acknowledge that there's been some issues having, you know, executing the PC matches, but uh, if you can give us a quick rundown on some of the things that's happened uh, with your alliance, I would, in the last, what, two, three days, I'd really appreciate it. Sure. Well, it was, it was mostly all constant, like, we can get through it pretty quickly. It was mostly all happened on the 7th, and there were big mass attacks across Molten Heath. Um, my corp mostly got attacked by uh, Death Card and Dead Man's Game, but there was also a bunch of other uh, corps piling on, like little corps piling on. Uh, I know that um, I know that Cap and OH were both hit as well at exactly the same time. But uh, yeah, there have been there were mass attacks and just I think people investing huge piles of command points at the same time to make this happen. And uh, most of the land ho- holders uh, managed to you know keep most of their assets pretty well. Um, what else is there to mention? Oh, I have I got I've got a hand I've got most of the videos up uh, of of those fights that I want to get up just some random guns versus dead man game. Uh, I got one more I need to post after I do a little editing, but uh, yeah, the big, big, big land war on the seventh just happened. Well, that, that's, that shows that there's at least uh, some pretty good content generation going on in sort of the higher and competitive level. Um, it, which, you know, we, we, we have traditionally called uh, planetary conquest game mode, uh, a kind of the, the upper version of competitiveness. Uh, however, uh, I would offer that what I've been seeing out of faction warfare on occasion is getting somewhat PC-ish, uh, or at least in the the older older player version of what PC is uh, here recently. And some very organized teams going in there and pretty much wrecking shop. Now it's kind of catches catch can on getting two well organized you know quality teams together at the same time in faction warfare, but um it it is interesting that i think a lot of uh you're starting to see a very strong faction warfare play i think some of the issues the mechanics of pc it's not not so much the um you know the the conduct inside the match but all the drama to get in a match once every 20 24 hours or 24 plus hours and then hopefully not having a a connection issue or a lag issue or whatever uh what what you just see is like really consistent, much better quality gameplay out of faction warfare. And at least that's my, you know, my personal observation over the last, uh, you know, last month or two is a, a very steady, but incremental increase in the quality of faction warfare to the point where I'll be very frank with you. Like I, like even if I were to get back into wanting to do PC, I'm not really sure the, you know, the bang for the buck is there in terms of like, just fun, fun time shooting people in the face in a game anymore, uh, at least compared to what you can get out of Faction Warfare. Yeah, but I mean, well, no, yeah, Faction Warfare is really strong right now. And, uh, I mean, I think queue times for, like, you know, in relatively recent Dust history are probably the shortest they've been for a long time. But, you know, it is a little harder to get evenly matched teams in Faction Warfare than in PC. Oh yeah, yeah, no doubt. Uh, absolutely, I totally agree with that. Um, so, any any other quick in-game goings on before we kind of break and move to sort of the second half of the show? Um, no, uh, I just i I only got to do the second half of that war I was talking about. Unfortunately, I missed the first half, and I wish I could bring you guys more coverage because I was just you know one set of boots on the ground. But 
you know, it was a really good time and we had some really, uh, you know, intensely close matches and uh, it was just, it was a good experience overall. Okay. Well, hey man, I, again, I really appreciate you giving us a quick update on it. And it, these, when you have these little runs like this, it's always really cool when you can like knock out the, uh, you know, kind of like the all day, like PC rush, you know, we've, we've done that a few times and it can be a lot of fun. It can also be you know, very tiring too. Is- yeah. That was actually one thing is with the way command points are, are working. It's like you, because it's not related to ISK, it means there's like, there's a cap on exactly how much PC is going to go down. So it's interesting. It was like, really, it was that one day extravaganza. And then the day after I only had to do one battle and it was kind of relieved because I wouldn't. I think it'd be too much to say I would have burned out, but like I wouldn't want. I wouldn't necessarily want to sustain that much PC activity for you know days on end, like it could have happened in the old days. Yeah, no, I hear you, man. But so, it is. It's. It is interesting to me to see the new mechanics influencing. You know how how PC works. That, well, that is fair, and that's one of the things I think time will tell in terms of how these things shake out. Uh, so, w- what I would like to do, guys, we're going to go ahead and break and move. Sorry, to the second. sorry. One yeah, one last ahead. quick note. I, I really hope they give us access to that new uh, PC currency that we've been building up soon. Because right now, I get every time I PC at the end, I get to look at a giant bar going all the way into my salvage. So it would be nice. It would be nice to shrink that bar and you know have something to spend it on. All right. Any other save rounds? Okay. All right. So we're going to go ahead and, and sort of transition to part two of our show. So. The first half of our show is very much in our normal normal format, and then this is kind of the the second half where we kind of break and we kind of do we look at some other things that uh, have interested us as general gamers and just sort of uh, you know fans and aficionados of of the gaming world, so to okay, speak. Okay, we're not done with CCP news. Please tell me what CCP news you have, Zell. All right. Okay, so the, the the big thing that was announced on Monday, and probably we should have gotten into this earlier in the show, maybe even. But um, well, if you so, say the word stop, if you say the words Wow Legion, Eve no, Legion, no. or Eve Gunjack, I'm going to come through the sky. Yeah, it's and the, kill the, you. the latter one. It's the Eve Gunjack thing. So, so if that was you a big discussion on the, on if, the forums. If you would have waited, if you would have waited a good ten seconds, I would have actually given you an intro and set up. Your commentary. But you said you said it was out, outside of, of, of CCP as general gamers. You were you were leading that way. Zell, I'm gonna I'm gonna work with you because we're gonna have a meltdown on live air right now if if you're not careful. So this is amusing. <laughs> so here's what we're gonna do. We're all gonna listen to Zell flounder as he talks about Eve Gunjack and his attempted troll on Eve Legion slash the new World of Warcraft expansion. Zell, take it away. All right. See, see, you spoil the fun. You spoil the fun when I let you finish. So, um, okay. So, uh, Eve Gunjack was announced on Monday. Um, it is what is ref- was uh, referred to at FanFest as uh, Project Nemesis, um, and they showed off a trailer and some footage and um, you know that sort of thing. Um, there was a lot of of commentary that, that didn't really seem to understand what it was. Um, it's it, it is very much like kind of like a, a throwback Space Invaders type arcade game, um, but done in in a first person full full VR type of thing. Um, the important distinction is that it is a cell phone game. Um, there were a lot of people wondering if it was kind of, you know supposed to be like a full big giant product, and it it really is just a small thing. It's a mobile game. It's a small project. It is out of CCP Shanghai. 
Um, so some of the some of the devs who have have been involved in Dust in various times are involved with it. Um, distinctly, that I know that uh, CCP Wolfman was um, one of the main people running the the Nemesis booth at Fanfest. Um, and I I think I, I think Frame may do like the the Twitter account for it and stuff like that. I'm not sure. Um, but uh, so that was that. There was a lot of drama on the forums about, you know, is this what they're doing instead of Dust? Or is this what they're doing? Um, whatever. Um, but uh, it's a very small project. It's kind of like um, how EVR, which became Valkyrie, originally started. It was, you know, people mostly messing around in their own time that turned into something that CCP is like, we could, we could actually, you know, ship this. So um, it's, uh, you know, it's pretty straightforward. And uh, it's going to be for the Samsung Gear VR, which you need a Samsung phone to run. Um, so, I, you know, I thought it was cool. It was fun. I probably won't play it, though, unless they, you know, make it work on an Oculus Rift as well or something like that. Because I'm not, uh, not going to buy a Samsung phone just for a CCP game. It's not no, that no. worth it. Like five hundred dollars for a phone and like three hundred dollars for a VR set. That's eight hundred dollars for a mobile game. Not worth it. I think the Gear VR they're going to try and get it a lot cheaper than that at launch, um, and I think they want to do like a bundle deal type of thing. Um, it it has been uh shown to like there was something that said it was going to retail for I think it was three fifty and then it went down to three hundred, so it might start getting lower. But it's sitting at about three hundred right now, so. Yeah. Just, just I was I will say this about the gunjack thing. I mean, it from what little I've seen on the trailer, it it does look you know fairly well polished for what it is, which is ultimately a, a fairly simple you know turret mechanic game. I I am a little surprised that they're limiting it with just that offer uh, in terms of the platforms it's going to be on. I mean that that would be something I, you could you could almost pitch on almost any platform. And I'm, I guess is this just sort of a toe in the water kind of thing? It just it kind of came out of left field. I was a little surprised it's, by it. It's it's kind of, you know, it's a VR, you know, they've been heavily, you know, experimenting with and playing with VR stuff. And I, I assume it's some sort of exclusivity arrangement that they're hoping, you know, Samsung will probably do a lot of the PR for it. Um, I mean, it is, um, it is, it, the Gear VR is described as using Oculus technology. Um, so, and it's, it's, Unreal 4, so there's conceivably no functional reason why at some point they couldn't say, you know, we're going to allow this on PC for Oculus Rift users or something like that. Um, as far as I know, they're not looking at any sort of non-VR option for it. Um, I don't think the controls are complicated to the level that you couldn't do that. It's it's pretty much a point-and-shoot. Um, but I, I really, I think their their point is that they, they want, you know, it's it, what makes it unique is is kind of the vr experience to it and uh so i don't know if they'd ever do a non-vr version um i definitely like to see it on the rift even though it'd be you know kind of a under it wouldn't do much to tax a pc i don't think yeah i mean my my assumption originally was that it would be you know like one of the things that came with the oculus you know it would be one of the the you know pro- they're probably going to have they call, i think they call it the toy box where they they have multiple like small games and and kind of apps or tools that kind of show off a lot of what the oculus does and that was my impression it was going to be sort of one of the you know one of the the toy box tools that you got with the oculus so that that's why i was a little bit surprised when it kind of went this way with that yeah, VR platform. I, I think what, that's what they're doing but just for the gear vr um Whereas I kind of get the feeling they'll do some something like that for you know Valkyrie for for the Oculus Rift, um, 
I mean, I they haven't they haven't said anything about whether they're gonna for either Valkyrie or Gunjack whether they're going to, um, you know, have it prepackaged when you buy the buy the device or if it's going to be you pay for it separately or or what. They haven't said anything, um, but uh, that's that's kind of the impression I got and kind of the reason I would think that a game you know like this would be uh, device exclusive, at least at least initially. Yeah, no, I, and I think that's uh, like I said, it looked fairly polished for uh, what it, what it is, which is a, a simple turret game. But I, again, it'll be interesting to see kind of what they do with it, or if they use it as sort of a jumping off point for things down the road. So now I know you want to go ahead and get your troll on. So if you could, <laughs> why don't you kind of go ahead and tell us about uh, the the infamous Legion expansion that you've okay. been dying to say something about? So so yeah, after. Um, after uh, I think it was last year, last year's expansion, um, which is is uh, Warlords actually, or Warlords of Drainer, uh, Blizzard Entertainment at Gamescom this year announced uh, Legion as uh, the next World of Warcraft expansion. So it seems like we were off on referring to it as a card game um, because it is not a Hearthstone expansion. It's actually a WoW, a WoW expansion, um, and. As as I was actually sitting here in the, the the podcast, I actually saw a quote from a Blizzard employee that was just so hilarious in in how close it is to what I would expect to see in a CCP dev post. And the text is blue if it's a CCP dev, or you know they they do the the same blue post stuff for uh, uh, for Blizzard. It says regarding the amount of Legion information at Gamescom, we made the mistake with Warlords of talking about too much too early, and some of the stuff didn't make it in. That's something we're trying very hard to avoid as much as possible with Legion, which means being a little tighter-lipped about our plans. The info will come. We just want to limit the risk of going back on what we share as much as possible. Um, which is from uh, CM Lore, who's one of the, the um, Blizzard devs. My God, that's. God, that's amazing! <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that fantastic? Well, um, it, it just goes to show that not every not everybody has a uh, a monopoly on the Midas touch that CCP does. I just you know, Warlords previous the discussion on Legion don't want to say too much. It was it just just the parody. Um, though the actual serious discussion regarding uh, Legion is actually if you look at uh, WoW's subscriber numbers because WoW is of course as old as Eve Online is. Um, it's got a, it's the two of them are really the, the biggest remaining, some of the biggest remaining subscription MMOs out there. And uh, WoW was back up to 10 mil with the with the release of Warlords of Drainer. They actually, it, it was released a couple days ago. They're down to only 5.6 million subscribers. Um, their peak was like 13 back in Wrath of the Lich King. So um, they've had a huge subscriber hit in the last year. They dropped half their subscriptions again. Um, it'll probably spike up again when they release this new expansion, but it'll probably drop down again a few months after that. Um, but it's, you know, for, for WoW to be losing that stability that it's always had in subscriber numbers. Um, to me, the big question is, is how long is it till World of Warcraft itself has to go free to play? And what does that mean for EVE Online, which will be one of the last, you know, big subscriber MMOs? And my question, and, and obviously... Um, uh, EVE Online players are some of the most hostile players to the concept of free-to-play or microtransaction mechanics. So I'm very curious how this might impact not only WoW's future, but EVE's. Um, I would say that the reason why World of Warcraft's subscription keeps on dropping like this is because um, 
the content that's put in it it's made to where it's not bearable for a long period of time anymore it used to be but now it's really not so people just sub up do the content and just stop so if they're able to actually get decent amount of sustainable content in legion then it will actually that we won't be seeing the drops that we've been seeing with world of warcraft can i just ask are you guys are you guys big world of warcraft players i used to be i used to be um i actually i played for the last week because i got um the uh you know, we'd really like you to come back and subscribe. Here's seven days of free game time. And I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll take seven would, days of free game time. I would like, I that, I would like it, I would like it publicly weeks, stated, huh? uh, for the record, that that I, Jason, have never played World of Warcraft, not once. I, okay. I would like that noted same, in the record. Same for me, actually. That's, I've that's, never touched that's, it. That's in the record. Um, I, I do know of certain certain CCP devs which play World of Warcraft. Um, and and uh, so, you know... Um, I, I feel it's I honestly I feel you miss something if you've never tried it. It's 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 a pillar of gaming even if it's um you know not it doesn't hold up anymore uh to some of what we have now. Um it's just and and particularly in some of the quest text, some of the writing is actually fantastic in there. Yeah, yeah, they missed out on a really crippling addiction. Well, you know, I I will I had to get a girlfriend to get cured of wow addiction. <laughs> that'll do it the so one thing i would like to kind of pitch in on and, and you kind of as you kind of teed it up zell um there are very very there are an exceedingly few number of truly subscription-based games that are out there and even that there are still other ways that you can purchase um things that things that matter so to speak or either side grades or other progressive bonuses uh through microtransactions in pretty much every game now um I, i'm doing a little bit of scanning on uh, on kind of the google machine right now as i'm and, and there are no lack of articles about uh you know people predicting the the impending doom of the uh traditional subscription-based mmo and, and i could actually and the more that i think about it i mean there's very few games out there that not only is it it's I mean, they're really geared towards that uh, sort of monthly or episodic uh, financing sort of sort of platform, uh, be they microtransactions or what have you. Uh, so I, it does kind of make you wonder if CCP would be able to make that jump. And I, I think over time they would. I think they want to. I think they're very aware of their customer base, their current customer base that that is very loyal and spends a lot of money. Uh, in the terms of, in, in in terms of how many accounts that you know people will have or other in-game items that they want to buy and things like that, so it's very interesting to see how they're going to do this. But I, I think you're right. There's going to be a there's going to come to a time when CCP is going to have to figure out are they going to maintain the current funding stream that they have now, or are they going to you know try to branch into anything new? Um, and I'm just like anecdotally, I'm sitting here looking through this when. Lord of the Rings Online, which I, I don't even think they—I'm not even sure if that game's around anymore. I, I don't think it, it did. They—they they moved from a—they were originally a subscription-based game, and then when they moved to a, a free-to-play offering with a lot of like microtransactions in it, they tripled their monthly revenue, you know, very quickly. Uh, DC Universe Online, before that one kind of went away, the Dodo, they increased dramatically when they, in terms of the profitability of the game, uh, when they moved outside of the subscription-based model into the free-to-play piece. 
And then when you look at kind of the stats for, uh, from uh, from Steam, you know, you look at some of the in the uh, dev stats, you can see a lot of the free to play games on Steam are really crushing it uh, in terms of you know like DLCs bought and all, all this other kind of crazy jazz. Whereas this is subscription based games really aren't so. It, it does kind of make you wonder if that's if that's just going to wicker itself out of the market, you know, in the next probably two to five years, I suspect. I, I think it is. I mean, if, the other one I was going to bring up as an example is um, one of the most recent actual subscription MMOs to come out brand new uh, is uh, Wildstar, which released uh, last year. And, and from I haven't actually tried it, but from what I hear, it's, it uh, does actually sound fairly similar to WoW, even though it is apparently made... Uh, much of former WoW developers who said they wanted to do something different. But um, it, it released last year in June, and as of May of this year, they've already announced that they're going to uh, free-to-play. So it took them you know, a year to switch that, and it seems to be the trend of games that do come out subscription to go free-to-play after they've gotten that initial wave of money that they can get from people who are going in to try it and play it new, um, and then they just open it up after that. Um, so yeah, I mean, Eve has its microtransactions. They've got skins, which is of course, finally, which is you know a huge thing for for Eve as well as for Dust. Um, and hopefully someday they'll revisit walking in stations to the point that uh, you know the apparel options will will be more feasible um, as a as a revenue stream as well. But uh, I don't know. Eve players very very tend to be very against it. And the other thing to bear in mind is that uh, one of the biggest forms of currency in Eve is Plex. This you know the, your thirty day subscription. And if the, the way that that would change in the economy, if the game was free to play, and even if that Plex had, you know, kind of a subscription benefit arrangement, um, you know, the difference of whether or not you can log into the game is huge. And uh, it would it would have a big effect on, on the whole game economy. Yeah, no, I, I think your I, I think your instincts or at least your observations are, are pretty spot on this in terms of. The, kind of the potential outcomes for a lot of these games. It, like I said, there is no lack of articles in terms of the gaming, like the actual somewhat serious gaming news community, uh, like probably catering more towards developers rather than players that talk a lot about uh, MMO subscription fees and, and can the game genre survive uh, with that model in terms of how, of how they get their revenue. So, I, probably worthwhile to kind of watch and kind of you know get it you know keep an eye on what CCP does because I think what I think ultimately what they they would have to figure out is how are they going to manage the transition from the current model that they're on to anything that's more progressive than what they have now. Um, it'll be interesting to see kind of how it's going to go. The other thing I, I would just briefly mentioned is, uh, and this is kind of a good seg segue into some of the you know, kind of the next things we want to talk about. Kickstarters uh, as a as a mode or method of uh, funding game development, uh, which often you know, leads or dovetails right into what we would consider the free to play or the you can play it for free, but there's plenty of things that you need to buy or you would like to buy or or you will uh, perhaps not be required to, but you'll really be encouraged to buy. Uh, that often goes hand in hand. Uh, you can develop a game for a lot less money nowadays than you used to. Marketing is a whole different issue because marketing ultimately, I think, takes maybe the bulk of the actual budget for the game before it even hits the street. Uh, so when you kickstart things out and then you can contribute at different levels and you get a lot of in-game perks and items, often those are the same things that you start start to see in an in-game store. 
that in that free-to-play game that you can cough up additional real money for. So ultimately, you're still going to end up paying for a lot of that kind of stuff. It's just where you're front-loading the cost to the customer uh, and and what they're willing to take based on the IP or you know, kind of the, the rep of the game developer or whatnot. So uh, with that, I would kind of like to, to bump into one other thing that Zell did bring up uh, when we were talking about our agenda for the show. Uh, it's the Star Citizen trailer for the multi-crew piece that they popped up. Uh, so I watched that trailer today. I had not seen it prior to, to Zell po- poking it out to us. Now, I have seen the previous Star Citizen first-person shooter trailer. Uh, and then when you look at the, the multi-crew, I think they're calling it the multi-crew trailer, that is much more space environs, but there's quite a bit of quote-unquote walking stations or walking in ships uh, and some interaction from an individual level with a lot of people on the same ship kind of kind of jazz so zell i think there's a couple things that you wanted to tee up about that trailer uh so i'll turn this one back over to you yeah i mean um the the big thing that hit me about it as as i was watching it the first time was that um you know if you look at the eve player perspective on what they wanted out of walking in stations or uh a first-person shooter component like Dusk was to a lot of Eve players that meant the ability to you know board a ship, take it over, that sort of thing, um, explore you know fly to a site and explore it. They they wanted that that kind of interaction where they could go from the ship to the player, at, at, you know, to to first person and then back. Um, and we've seen in trailers from CCP for a long time. We've seen you know one of my favorite trailers, which involves you know a pilot and in a station giving orders to um, you know, combat troops on the ground, that sort of thing. Um, and and we've seen that in trailers from from CCP for years. And this was a this was a gameplay demo, and it's it's not you know you can't play this experience yet. Um, but it was a gameplay demo of the stuff that we've only seen in cinematic trailers from CCP. Um, and it struck me very much that this is this is what I've been wanting CCP to do. And this is the experience that I came to CCP for and have given the money to years for years in hopes of seeing. Um, so, you know, assuming Star Citizen can actually deliver on this, and there's a lot of good questions about that, um, it's, it's, it's really exciting. It's, I think it sets a, different, a, a completely different bar for what we should expect from games in the genre in the future. Um, but, you know... And it's, it's really helpful to actually see this demo of gameplay to see, yeah, they have worked on this sort of functionality is something they're not just talking about. They can show this in a, con- you know, but, you know, they are, they have a huge amount of feature creep and a lot of promises to, to fulfill. Um, so we'll see what we get out of Star Citizen, but it's, it's very exciting. Yeah, I mean, I've approached it with a, a very healthy amount of skepticism just because I've seen lots of game companies, CCP included, that make, you know, a, a bunch of promises of, uh, you know, epic everything. I mean, Destiny's another good example, and when it actually comes out, it's it's far from that. But, you know, I'm, I'm actually watching the trailer now, and it's it, it looks pretty cool. I mean, if, if they can deliver on anything like this, I'll eat my words. I mean, I think it'll be... It'll be awesome if they can actually pull it off. But again, I'm a very healthy dose of skepticism on this. And you should. And, and you know, I've spent more money than I'm going to admit here on the show um, in supporting it. But um, it's, yeah, it's, I, there's at least, at, at least going to be three or four major promises they've made that won't get delivered on. That's it. I, I'd absolutely guarantee it. And if people are going to, and I guarantee you when those things come out, there's going to be forum rage every bit as as uh hostile as what you see on ccp forums um but 
if they can nah, even get it's gonna be worse. It's gonna be worse. <laughs> but I think if they can even get the experience that they've shown off in those video trailers, as as we saw to work, it's still gonna be an amazing game. Well, it, I, you know, I, I I have made no bones about my skepticism for Star Citizen. Uh, they do have a an incredibly aggressive uh, funding plan, or at least you know Kickstarter type plan, or contributions plan i'm not sure what they're what they're calling it but it it is pretty aggressive uh they have been delivering some content and they're starting to kind of weave it together a little bit so i i will i am very much in in line with pokey in that if they actually pull this off i will i will eat my words too a little bit and you know come back and and give them a good job on the show but I think they are acting on, I think you said it correct, Zell. They are acting on the vision that CCP put out, uh, put forward publicly several years ago, but CCP never actually went through the work to develop the vision. Uh, they did it in a couple of fits and starts, got their fingers burned, and, and I, I, they've clearly walked away from it, or at least backed far, far away from it uh, in terms of what they were telling us even a couple of years ago. Whereas uh, Chris Roberts and his and his crew are, you know, they're they're plowing ahead and they're and frankly, whether the game is a success or not, or whether it actually answers all the mail that they you know that they've been signing up for, uh, they are breaking a lot of trail for people right now. They are probably driving parts of the industry and other developers to reach bigger and reach higher, which is one of the things that you know Eve you, Eve did at one time. Uh, the, and some of the vision that they've had, that they've done at one time, you know, you can kind of get the big board collective groups, you know, like EA and Bioware and stuff like that. They turn out really good polished AAA games, but they're not really, they're not really progressive. They're not groundbreaking. They don't, put, they don't push the edge and, yeah, and, and, and CCP put, definitely pushes the edge at times. And I, sometimes it does not work. I, I totally agree with you. And you can say what you want about Chris Roberts. I mean, the guy does have a very, uh, inconsistent track record, but when he, when his stuff hits, it hits big. Uh, so I, you have to give him a little bit of props in that, and you certainly can't fault the guy's vision. He may totally be an absolute, you know, carnival barker. I, I don't know, uh, but it, it will be interesting to see kind of how this works out for them. So, uh, anything else on the the Star Citizen front, Zell? Um, that's that's really that's the big thing they were showing off. I, I guess some of the the social module was kind of the the walking around on planet thing. Um, there's a video of that. It's pretty boring though. It's just, I mean, it's, it's cool art. You get to see a lot of level design work they've done, but there's, there's nothing really, really stellar there. And that I guess is coming really soon. And then hopefully soon after that is the first person shooter component, which is going to be a little bit more dust like, um, they, they do anti-grav though. That should be fun. Zero G combat sounds really interesting to just see how it, how they're going with it. Um, but uh, and that's supposed to be out somewhere in the next few months. It was supposed to be out like in March of this year, and uh, they blew that deadline as they've blown many other deadlines. Um, but they're working through their blocking issues on that. And they they report um, the the thing that's really interesting about what Star Citizen does is every month they have so they have like actually like something like ten game studios that are working on this, and they have every single department at every single game studio write a report every month, and they deliver that report uh, publicly. Uh, monthly as well. Well, the, yeah. And so, in terms of community communication, that is one thing that they now you can debate whether what they're giving you is true, uh, but they do actually 
go to great lengths to engage the community in terms of what they're, you know, what they're trying to deliver, what, what they're claiming to deliver. Uh, so I, I will give them that. Yeah. Um, I remember seeing one of those posts saying that the FPS module was going to come out in August, like early August. And I was actually going to put down some money because I was actually curious to see how it was like. But then I was holding off because I knew that the deadline has been blown a couple of times now. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm looking I, around trying to find it. So yeah, I I'm mean, just going to wait till the full game comes out. They've literally gotten to the point that if you go into Star Citizen right now and you go into the kind of their um, the, the launcher that launches the little uh, simulator apps like the Arena Commander, which is the, the way you can actually play the game right now. Um, there is actually a Star Marine logo in the game. It's just not clickable yet. They were... There, I, I think if I remember correctly, there were some animation issues they were trying to get sorted out still, and then um, they they had to like rewrite a bunch of their their net code backend um, that affected both the the space combat and the, the first person. It seems like they're getting close, but we'll see. Well, um, like I said, guys, it, it'll be interesting if they can weave it all together. It's it's a big vision, uh, and hopefully, it'll it'll turn out uh, at least somewhat like they want I, I don't wish any any game developer ill you know or at least usually uh, i do want them to turn out good games because there's a lot of fans for almost any almost any game that will have its niche fans and you, you want them to get what they want you want people to to enjoy playing what they want to play so hopefully star citizen can answer uh, the mail for quite a few folks in terms of the different styles of games that they're uh, they're attempting to kind of mesh together so let's let's see kind of how that goes uh, now, moving on to kind of one of our, our last pieces, we did have a review of a game uh, this week. So I've been playing a game called Shadowrun Dragonfall. It's a Steam game that you can pick up on PC uh, or Mac in my case. Um, so I am very familiar with the Shadowrun IP, the property itself. Um, it started out, I think, back in 1989 as a tabletop RPG game. It, it had a very interesting premise. Uh, and then some of you may or may not have uh, messed around with Shadowrun either on the tabletop or or they have had some sub subsequent digital offerings. Uh, but basically, if you took a lot of the high fantasy settings, characters, and uh, sort of racial racial components like orcs, elves, trolls, you know, dwarves, things like the dragons, things like that, and then you fast forwarded it into a cyberpunk sort of world. It, it, it does not seem like it would be in a very intuitive match, but they were able to stream it together very, very well in this uh, in this property called Shadowrun. Now, it was created by FASA Corporation. That's F-A-S-A, -A, FASA Corporation. And a guy by the name of Jordan Wiseman was the sort of the creative mind behind a lot of this. He also created MechWarrior, Battletech. You know, the table that was a tabletop game before it was a wildly successful uh, video game offering. Uh, Crimson Skies, which you know a lot of people actually really enjoy. So there's quite a bit of history in terms of the RPG RPG role that uh, the folks out of FASA took together, and in particular this guy named Jordan Weisman. Now he went through several different iterations. Pretty much everything this guy, well, a lot of the stuff this guy touches in terms of the gaming world usually ends up turning out very well. So I'm going to fast forward to a few years ago. He started up another company called Hairbrain Schemes. And that's his latest sort of platform for development and creative creative ideas. And it's based out of the Seattle area. So 
that's kind of all exposition for where we're at now. Uh, he started to revisit the Shadowrun IP a few years ago, and there was a game called Shadowrun Returns that actually came out on the tablet, and you can get it also on the on the uh, on the Steam box as well. So I found this game on the tablet probably about a year ago, a little maybe yeah about a year and a half ago, right when it first came out. I had played Shadowrun, the tabletop game, when I was a kid. They had a very, very deep set of novels and other kind of stuff, and I think there was even a comic at one point about it. Um, really popular, very fun sort of game world. So on, a, on kind of a lark, I got it on the iPad. I'd never heard of harebrained schemes before, uh, and so I played the game. turned out it was a fantastic uh, tablet game. It reminded me a lot of some of the Forgotten Realms games that uh, Wizards of the Coast put out back in the 90s and the early 2000s, uh, but a, sort of an XCOM-style tactical turn-based gameplay. So what impressed me more than anything was, one, they crammed a whole lot of stuff uh, in terms of game content and quality game content, uh, all the way from the visuals to the sound on an iPad tablet, but they turned out a really, really great story is a really good plot. Uh, so I hit the fast forward button again, and here about a week and a half ago, I found out there's a thing called Shadowrun Dragonfall, also made by Harebrained Schemes. It was a recent offering. They've got a director's cutout now, which, you know, that's what I downloaded on Steam and started to play. Uh, quite a few hours of gameplay in it. Uh, and I would, I would tell you it is a great example of what happens when a small, well-motivated studio turns out a Kickstarter project that goes well and scores well on, you know, by anybody's sort of qualitative score in terms of Metacritic or whatever, what have you with Shadowrun Returns, they iterated on it and clearly upgraded everything. Uh, the story itself in Shadowrun, Shadowrun Dragonfall is probably the best RPG game story that I've seen in several years. Uh, the gameplay itself very, very crisp, uh, very XCOM-like uh, in terms of small squad of people, very diverse set of skills and combat mechanics that you can bring to bear. Everything from kind of your classic uh, magic or, you know, summoning creatures all the way up to uh, kind of enhanced like cyber warrior type guys, all in the same genre or really colliding, colliding these two different genres into one game. They've done an incredibly good job of it. Uh, and it's a very, very clean game in terms of the play. And it's a really, really high value for a fairly low price that you can get on Steam. So I've played through it. And then I asked Pokey Draven to hop on as well and play it and kind of give me his general impressions of it tonight. So uh, before I kind of go through sort of the qualitative piece, Pokey, I was wondering if you can kind of give me your initial impressions of what you thought about sort of the, the game world and the gameplay. Yeah, sure. Um, so, it, it, you know, I, I wasn't really sure what to expect going into it, um, but I got it. And it it's, it's much like a, like Jason, like an XCOM game, or if you've played like Final Fantasy Tactics, that sort of thing, where it's a, you're moving characters around on a grid, and it's kind of a cover system, um, and like you said, there's a wide range of abilities and magic and, and weapons and whatnot. Kind of a cool reload mechanic with guns if your character uses guns different classes, very deep progression system. I was kind of <laughs> at first like, whoa, wow, that, that's a lot to take in. So, I mean, the tutorial is, is very robust. I went with something very simple just to try it out. But, you know, it, it was it was from my initial impression, he's obviously played more than me, but from my initial impression, uh, looks like a very deep progression system. Um, I like tactics games. So, you know, that, that was fun. I, I enjoyed the gameplay in that regard. 
Um, in terms of storytelling, it's it's kind of cool because it's obviously you know your your characters are moving around, it's all three D model. But um, when characters are interacting with each other, a little portrait pops up and they're speaking to each other almost in kind of a uh, like an old school text RPG style where they kind of explain via text what kind of expression that character is making on their face, you know, their their manner mannerisms and whatnot. So if you're kind of in those older text games, that's that's very cool. It's kind of got almost like a D and D style to it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's 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 a very gritty dystopian cyberpunk world. But like Jay said, there's magic, there's elves and stuff, and it actually blends very seamlessly. Uh, you kind of see characters that you might expect, you know, doing certain roles. Like the elves are kind of these, you know, fast, swift characters, and their weapons and, and their classes kind of, you know, seem to correlate with that. And uh, yeah, no, it's 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 very cool. I'm looking forward to trying out some more of it. Yeah, I, no, I appreciate you trying it out, uh, Pokey. So w- one of the things I did, I kind of I went through the game and I kind of dug back into the, you know, the Wikipedia ar- archives and looked around at some of my stuff and. Uh, it is a great example of taking an older IP and really, uh, really kind of bringing it into the digital age and making it a lot of fun. So I did a little bit more research and harebrained schemes. So one, I highly recommend that you go check out this company. It's a really, really high quality, small, small gaming company. I would almost, I call them boutique, if you will, but uh, it seems like it's a very tightly running organization that turns out some pretty high quality stuff because everything that I've seen them them touch seems to look pretty good. So in, in the Shadowrun uh, IP, they've turned out Shadowrun Returns, which when you when you look at it and you, and you play it, it, like I said, it works great on tablet. I've, I've also played it on the PC just to see how it is. It actually, I think, is a little bit better suited for the tablet, uh, per se, uh, whereas Shadowrun Dragonfall is much more of a, a well-toned PC game. Uh, and again, very, very much in the XCOM style in terms of the gameplay mechanics. So if you understand that style of gameplay, you'll dig it. Uh, and it just so happens that they do have a Shadowrun Hong Kong. And so it's like their third iteration going back to the kind of going back and iterating on the game style and the, and the view and the style uh, and the mechanics of the game. And everything that I've seen so far from uh, Shadowrun Hong Kong, which comes out on the 20th of August on Steam, uh, so not you know maybe about a week and a half from now, by the time this gets on the air, uh, they they've got another iteration, and it looks clearly like they've done another pass on making the game even better or making it even deeper. So I, I would offer a couple things. One, I without Without a doubt, I recommend Shadowrun, Shadowrun Dragonfall. If you've got a little bit of a little bit of change in your pocket and you want to you know, get a good Steam game that can see you through a few days of gameplay, uh, kind of harkens back to old school RPGs with a really neat twist in terms of the game world. Highly recommended. Or if you're an old Shadowrun fan and you played it way back ago, or you maybe read some of the novels, again, highly recommended. I kind of scored it about a nine out of ten. You know, when you take into account kind of what it is. Uh, I, I base that very much purely on you know, the value I got for the cost of the game, uh, the amount of game content that you get, and really the quality of it uh, that, you, that you're pulling off. So again, highly recommended, really neat IP. Uh, and I do also recommend that you take a look at some of the stuff that they're putting out for Shadowrun Hong Kong. It looks like another, another nice step. Now, these are all Kickstarter games, by the way. 
So that's one of the things I found very interesting about this is that Kickstarter, uh, this is where I'm going to make a, a big leap of logic on you. I'm, I'm starting to see this interesting dynamic, uh, very similar to college football, where if you're a really good college football team or you do good and you win a bowl game, then you're going to get a lot of recruits the next year, which would then make you more likely to go back to a bowl game and do good. Kickstarter, I think, is starting to work a lot like that. So Hairbrain Schemes turns out Shadowrun Returns. They produce a very good game, a, a quality a quality game uh, that does very well on a tablet and I think does pretty good on Steam. So using that, they parlay that into Dragon, you know, Shadowrun and Dragonfall. That was another Kickstarter. Raised quite a bit, quite a bit of coin to put this thing together. Uh, and now they're deep into, or they're about to unveil their third iteration, which looks clearly like it's done it's going to be better than the first two offerings that had already scored well uh, so i think this is actually a good kickstarter success story in terms of how these things can work and how they can give you give indie game companies or smaller game companies a real leg up in terms of how they develop things and it's pretty interesting they have a really really dynamic way of talking to the uh talking to the community that are that are contributing to them on kickstarter so that's kind of uh, my end review of Shadowrun Dragonfall in terms of uh, the game itself. And then along the way, what we found is that we found a really neat small developer that has turned out other games that look good and they're fun to play. So without hesitation, uh, we do recommend that you go check out Hairbrain Schemes. That's H-A-R-E, like the rabbit, like Hairbrain Schemes. Uh, good tablet games, good PC games. They're probably worth your look if you listen to this podcast and like any of the games that we go on prattling about on a weekly basis. So uh, on that note, uh, I think we're going to go ahead and transition into shout outs uh, and we're going to bring the show to a close this week. So uh, beginning the list, Pokey Draven, uh, any shout outs for the week? Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll go the shout out to the, the creators of, of uh, Shadowfall. It's or Shadowfront. Sorry, it's it's you know it's it's a really interesting game. I'm I'm looking forward to getting more into it. And, and like you said, I think it's great that you see these Kickstarters being a uh, an actual true foothold for some of these indie developers to start kind of building an actual franchise rather than a single product. So you know, I I think that they'll do well. I think it's going to be a good game, and I look forward to more of it. Good deal, Godin. I want to give a shout out to Kane Spiro for for some reason sending me twenty million is. Thanks, bro. I'm I'm sure there's nothing illegal involved in that. Heracles. Uh, I'm gonna randomly give my shout out to Da Beasts because I feel like it. Okay. All right. Uh, let's see. Bait shout outs. Uh, shout out to my corporation, the Demonic Cowboys. Love playing with you guys. Uh, shout out to the uh, biomass editing team. Thank you for the uh, for the thing. And uh, shout out to fucking Dust, man. I just deployed into a bush after uh, waiting for three hours to get a match. So okay, I'm, so I'm quite quick, happy. I've, I've got to translate to anybody that's listening to this that doesn't know what he just said. He actually got into a match to play a first-person shooter a game. Fucking battle is amazing. So happy. Okay. Uh, Go on. That was and Elf. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm going to give my shout out to uh, GM Archduke for gracing us on the forums when uh, it's been uh, fairly quiet otherwise. Um, and uh, Ratati for a truly excellent uh, troll uh, last week about uh, officer suits. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. That was actually pretty good. Um, SMB. 
Yeah, uh, shout out to all the players out there who don't AFK, who don't quit, and who otherwise don't play like a complete punk ass when the chips are down. Thank you for going out there and giving it your all. Uh, also, shout out to the CPM voters. Um, thanks for all the participation, guys. I think it's a, a really great mark for the community that we have such a great turnout. And uh, a quick shout out to all the Fallout fans out there. I've been catching up on my Fallout New Vegas, trying to beat that uh, before Fallout 4 comes out. So, yeah, that's all I got. Did, I got did you did you get that little uh, yeah. that little uh, Fat Man pack? The little thing that looks like the little nuclear bomb. Uh, no, I have the one that comes with the um, the Pit Boy, Pit Boy <laughs> edition. I can t- I can totally see you rocking that in the classroom when you're teaching. You just like talking to the Pit Boy. <laughs> For sure. Oh, I'm actually oh, going to walk around Atlanta with that on my arm one day. Oh, this is going to be interesting. Uh, yeah, so You might see me in a jumpsuit with a fit boy on my arm. Or if Kane sees me, he will know it's me. Alrighty. So I will go ahead and give my shout-outs to an interesting YouTube channel. It's actually one of my favorites, and I've been, I've been kind of following these guys for a long time. It's called Bat in the Sun, all one word, batinthesun.com. You can also find them on YouTube and Twitter. Um, the YouTube channel, these guys do absolutely phenomenal work. So basically if you've ever wanted to, to see something like Wolverine versus the predator or Thor versus Superman or whatever, what these guys do, they basically go out to local comic book stores, they, or comic cons or whatever, and they interview a bunch of people and they find out, Hey, like what, how do you think it would go this, that, and the other. Often they talk about, they talk to, uh, some of the comic writers, uh, and then based on fan voting, they come back and they put together a live action battle. Like, And it's usually very, very well done. It's, it's kind of B-movie quality, but it's actually really, really well done for a YouTube video. And they've, they've had some of them that are just absolutely phenomenal. Uh, they had one that was, I think, uh, Batman versus Darth Vader that I was, one, I was pretty amazed that somebody was putting that on YouTube and not asking for money for it. Uh, but they've had several of those. And they also have some very humorous ones. Uh, I've linked a few of them in Skype. It's sort of, you know, what goes on in the Marvel waiting room. You see a bunch of, you know, characters in there, like taking the piss out of each other. It, it is a, a well done, well, well organized YouTube channel and website. And they put out some hilarious content and often, and often it's, it's really real, well done. So I highly recommend batinthesun.com and bat in the sun YouTube channel. Uh, for your viewing and listening pleasure. So with that, guys, we're going to go ahead and issue Order 66, and we're going to kill the show. Uh, so, folks, we really appreciate you listening, and I know as a, we, we, have, we were kind of all over the place tonight. We were trying to keep it a little bit more organized, uh, but that's what happens sometimes late at night on a, on a Sunday. So with that, good night and good luck. Love.